Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. My friends call me D-Mac. Welcome to another edition of Dodgers Dugout Live. We've got a jam-packed show for you. The Dodgers make their first signing of the offseason. We'll get into that one. And we've got the rumors starting to heat up. That hot stove is starting to really start to heat up. You're starting to see more rumors. Should the Dodgers sign Blake Snell? Why they should? Why they shouldn't? The pros and cons. Yoshinobu Yamamoto got an update on that. Who are the Dodgers non-tender candidates? We'll talk a little more about the end. Andrew Friedman interview. Continue to unpack that. But first, if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Dugout and the Dodgers YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And let us know down below in the comment section. Do you want to see the Dodgers sign Blake Snell? What are the pros? What are the cons? Let us know down below. And just a reminder that this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live is brought to you by the Dodgers Nation app. Be sure to download the app. Best Dodgers app in the game. Also, GearUp.LA. If you want to get the best Dodgers t-shirts in the game, fire tees over at GearUp.LA. And also, head over to DodgersNation.com for the latest Dodgers news, rumors, all things Dodger baseball. You're going to find it right over there. Some of the articles that are currently popping off. You got Lance Lynn hopeful he can be back with LA next season. Oh, wait. Lance Lynn just gave up another home run. Tim Anderson open to playing second base. Should the Dodgers consider signing him? We'll talk some Tim Anderson tomorrow. Got some thoughts on that. Got another article on some stories I just mentioned. MLB Insider confirms Dodgers interested in Blake Snell this offseason. Yoshinobu is reportedly preferring the West Coast. He wants to be on the West Coast. Also, Andrew Friedman lays out his offseason plans. So head over to DodgersNation.com for all the latest Dodgers news and rumors. But let's dive into the comments here before we hit our first segment. You guys are firing away in the comments section. We got DMAC the GOAT. What up, Devin Welch? You're the GOAT right back at you. That's a fire take. Fire take. 
We got Hi Craig. What up, Hi Diane Schroeder, the fairy godmother of Dodgers Nation. Lance Lynn, 50 50 over on YouTube. That's Devario Moon. We got George L. Love the Friedman interview. He actually gave you some good answers. Least amount of word sound I've heard. Great job. Thanks, George. I really appreciate it. Of course, that was the surprise. Sitting right here, right across from me, was Mr. Andrew Friedman, the Dodgers president of baseball operations. He couldn't say a ton about free agency, but I think he definitely went above and beyond as far as what he could say. I think some of the big takeaways from that interview, one, the Dodgers are going to spend. They're going to be aggressive. I asked Andrew Friedman, would there be any limitations as far as the type of contract that you could hand out this offseason? The answer was no. That tells me that they could brack up the Brinks truck for Shohei Otani. Not just one Brinks truck, an entire dealership of Brinks trucks. They're going to fork out tons of cash this offseason. Also asked him about playing the trade market. Are they going to be aggressive on the trade market when it comes to landing, starting pitching? He also said yes. So the biggest takeaway, the number one thing the Dodgers fans should take away from that interview is Andrew Friedman is going to cook this offseason. Andrew Friedman is not going to sign a bunch of one-year deals. You're not going to see the J.D. Martinez's, the David Peralta's, the Jason Hayward's, the Noah Syndergaard's. You might see those after he makes big signings, but this is the offseason that Andrew Friedman, he's driving off the lot with something, right? He's going for those big ticket items, the Otani, the Yamamoto's, the Blake Snell's. Lots of big names are available that the Dodgers are interested in. And usually when it comes to big name free agents, when they sign them, they usually hit on them. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And I also found it very interesting to hear what he had to say about Corey Seager. I asked him period point blank, did you guys let Corey Seager walk? What are your thoughts on the narrative that the Dodgers let Corey Seager walk? And what he said kind of paraphrasing, you know, I speak fluent Friedman and just translating. I got the sense that the Dodgers were aggressive, wanted him back, but Corey Seager and Scott Boris did not give the Dodgers the opportunity to have that necessary back and forth when it comes to negotiations. And he just signed with the Texas Rangers. So that leads me to believe that Corey Seager wanted out of LA, that he wanted to be in Texas. And you look at the Rangers, he got the bag 10 years, 325 million. And he also got another world series. So look, lots of respect, lots of mutual adulation there. I think the Dodgers and the, Andrew Freeman regime. I don't think there's any bad blood there by any extent or to any degree, but I will say how he finished that sentence is he said, we're going to see this in the future. This is not the first time that Dodgers fans are going to be up in arms because a certain player didn't resign with them. And that's because they have a lot of elite players. They develop elite talent. Walker Bueller could be the next one. Will Smith could be the next one down the line. So this won't be the first time that there's a player in Dodger Blue that gets away. Look, Steve Garvey, Padres, Ron Say, Cubs, Jackie Robinson, who's traded to the Giants at the very end, ended up becoming a CEO of Chock Full of Nuts, which was awesome, right? First uh, African-American to be a CEO of a company right there for the that company. So I think that was really incredible. But it's not always the case that your favorite players finish with your favorite team. This is just unlikely. So that's to me was a very big takeaway is that Corey Seager, we're going to see more Corey Seager like situations in the future, but let's go down below in the comment section. Thanks for rocking with this here. 
on Dodgers Dugout Live. We've got a jam-packed episode. We've got rumors. We've got news. Let's hit these comments section. We've got our first news story. We've got Julian Hernandez. No on Tim Anderson. We don't need players that come with drama, LOL. Julian, yeah, there's an article over on DodgersNation.com about Tim Anderson, and we'll dive into TA tomorrow. For me, just quickly, that's a no for me. I like TA. He doesn't really fit what this Dodgers team does as far as he doesn't take his walks, has really struggled in the power department throughout his career. Defensively, he's regressed. I think TA definitely needs to sign a shorter-term deal to rebuild that brand and then set himself up for a better payday. We got, hi, DMAT, great interview with Friedman. Congrats. Yeah, thank all you guys out there. It's thanks to you. Look, this is your show. I'm just hosting a man of the fan here. I'm trying to give you guys the inside information everything Dodgers related. I'm your guy on the inside. That's what I'm trying to be and trying to get guys like Andrew Freeman sitting here. So it's thanks to you guys for help growing this channel, growing this podcast, and making it the number one Dodgers YouTube channel in the game. So really all the credit goes to you guys out there. We appreciate you as always. We don't need Otani. We need starting pitching Miguel Martinez. Why can't we have both? Let's get greedy here. I'm for it. What up fellas and DMAC? What up Joe mama over there? Money talks from no Aguilar. By the way, I got super producer right here, Mr. Jordan, and Jordan's looking for your fire takes. He's looking for your comments of the show. If I see a fire take, you're going to see one of these. Fire take. You know I like the burns. You know I like the roast. If I see any of those, you're going to see one of these. Finish him. Anything a little sus, usually coming from Nando360, but anything a little sus, you're going to see one of these. Bruh. And, of course, the comment of the game, the comment of the show, you're going to see one of these. And there could be multiple ones, so just so you know. Snell is dope, but he might have peaked ass from Mario. Okay, so first, let's do a little housekeeping here and get into our first news story, and then we'll dive into some of the news and rumors in just a second. So the Dodgers today, they made their first signing of the offseason. Drum roll, please. Crank up that signing siren. Okay, no, not even. Okay, they end up signing Ryan with uh, Ricky Venasco. Ricky Venasco, right-handed pitcher Ricky Venasco is back in Dodger Blue. LA tweet out the news. The Dodgers agreed to terms on a one-year contract with right-handed pitcher Ricky Venasco. And Venasco is someone that I was hoping that they would ultimately ultimately resign. If you saw the rule five draft the other day, I told you last week, the three players that they were going to protect and I end up being right. It was Hunter Fiducia, right? We saw Frosso. We saw Landon Knack, right? So those are the three guys they brought back and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but just a little rewind here on Venasco on June 1st, the Dodgers, they picked him up from the Rangers in an exchange for minor league left-hander Luis Valdez. And Venasco, he spent a month on the 40-man roster before getting sent outright back to double-A after clearing waivers. Venasco, of course, had Tommy John surgery back in 2020, missed all of 2021. And the Rangers, they DFA'd him on May 29th before trading him to the Dodgers. So this really goes to show that this organization, the Dodgers, yes, there's the Otanis, the Snells, the Yamamotos, the big signings, the big trades, but they're always looking on the margins. They're always looking at the small, tiny deals that can have big impacts. Just look at Ryan Brazier last offseason. But really the big key for Venasco 
was he made that switch to the bullpen in 2023, and he really took off. He had a 124 ERA, a 35% strikeout rate in 29 innings of work between AA Tulsa and AAA OKC. He held opponents to a 185, 258, 296 slash line. He's got seven years of minor league service in his career. He became a free agent on November 6th, but now he's back with the Dodgers. And if you look at the Dodgers at the moment, they're getting really close, really close to have 40 men for to 40 on that roster. So look, Venasco is nasty. He's someone has potential. I think it was a worthwhile signing. How much is it for? I'm guessing that it's around the minor, the major league minimum for next year, which is two 740,000. So I'm guessing that's where he's at with that. And you look at the space on that 40 man roster. I mean, you added Landon Knack, Nick Frasso, Hunter Fiducia on Tuesday. You end up signing Ricky Venasco, and it's starting to get a little crowded up there. So it'll be very interesting to see what they do because it's a major league deal. And that's puts them at 39 at the moment. After the rule five draft, they were at 38 plus Venasco. They're at 39 and there could be some non-tender candidates that we'll talk about towards the end of the show. You could see some of these prospects get traded, but it's a, it's a worthwhile move. I like this move to bring back Ricky Venasco. Let me know down below any thoughts on the Dodgers, bringing back Ricky Venasco, Ricky Venasty. What up DMAC? What up DMAC's number one fan? Hey, that eight by tens in the mail, man. I got you. Hi, BC. We got Justin Lamas. What is up with Gavin Lux? That's from Chuck Harvey. Look, Andrew Freeman, he provided an update on Gavin Lux. My takeaway from that was they're still going to give him a runway. I think they still want to see if he can be that long-term solution at shortstop. He talked about how the injury could impact him and working his way back. And look, that's a very demanding position. But he said himself, Lux is rangy. Lux also has the potential to be a 300 hitter on a consistent basis. And if you can get that plus average defense, you consider the team control it makes a lot of sense. I'm only on board with trading Gavin Lux if you could trade him for a premier shortstop that you're willing to an extension on. You're willing to explore an extension on. Guys like a Willie Adams, guys like a Bo Bichette that we talked about last week. I think right now it's probably unlikely for Bo Bichette. Haven't seen any more on that front as far as the rumor mill is concerned. Willie Adams, we know the Brewers have made there are players available. You want, they're open for business in Milwaukee. So could they go after Willie Domus? That's a possibility. But I still like the idea of seeing what we have in Gavin Lux. Because if you traded him now and he becomes a star, that means you traded him for pennies on the dollar when his value was at its all-time low. I'd rather see what you have in him, see if he can realize that potential and be a cornerstone for you for the future. We got Snell is an October pitcher. That's from Gabrielle Sandoval. Yeah, top of my head, I think his postseason ERA is 333. We'll talk about that here in a second. Lots of thoughts on the rumor mill, and let's not get ahead of ourselves here, but uh, we'll hit that for sure. We got, uh, what up, BC? Yeah, I was. Busy guy. Was on that other show today. Ricky Venasti. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, guys, smash that like button for DMAC. Thank you. Appreciate you, Diane Schroeder. Fringe players sweating. I got jams. Justin Lamas. Hey, Doug, what are your thoughts about Cashman slandering Stanton for getting hurt? Does this hurt the Yanks' chance of getting Yamamoto? Stan's agent also represents Yamamoto. Look, I think 
If you looked at the way things are trending right now for Yamamoto, you've heard the rumor that he prefers the West Coast. You look at the Mets as a possibility, the Yankees as a possibility. Those were seen as the two favorites to land Yamamoto early on here in free agency. Now the reports are he likes the West Coast. You've got a lot of West Coast elites that need starting pitching. The Dodgers, the Padres, the Giants, big market teams that are ready to spend. Padres, I don't know, maybe they have some coupons. They're probably cutting out coupons for players right now because they can't afford it, but we'll see what happens with them. But still, you look at where this team is right now. I definitely think it's a factor. Here's what I know just talking to people inside baseball, talking to agents and people within organizations is everything matters. Every little small detail matters. Yes, usually it comes down to the money. It's all about the money. We understand that. But comfort, fit, the expectations as far as your role, it's all a factor. The city, how you're going to be embraced, the market, the market size, everything is a factor. And you're talking about a Yankees organization and Brian Cashman. You want to treat your players well. I guarantee you wouldn't see Andrew Friedman do anything to compromise his chances of landing a key free agent. You would not see that, right? He's going to go out there, say the right things. Yes, sometimes I know I see you guys saying little chat GPT. No, I just think that it's over people's heads sometimes. You got to listen to it a couple different times, right? You got to listen to it and really figure things out as far as how complex it is. So what's, we got uh, Michael Carrillo. What good does this signing do given the limited roster spots? I think it tells you, is he a starter or reliever? He's a reliever, Craig Osterberg. It tells you that moves are on the way. And <laughs> we talked to Andrew Friedman and he basically flat out said it. They're going to probably be making some trades this offseason, and you're probably not going to be trading a lot of your big league-ready talent. You're not going to see superstars on the move. You're going to see players that are on that 40-man roster, maybe guys like a Michael Bush and Miguel Vargas. Maybe you go deeper into the pitchers that could be available, a Gavin Stone, an Emmett Sheen, a Michael Grove, a Kyle Hurt, Ryan Pepio, possibly, depending on the targets. But just get ready. Buckle up. But let's go down below here. Wake-up call for the Dodgers, Rodney Fox. One spot left for the GOAT, Shohei Gotani. That's a fire take. The fire take from Ricardo over there. It's the first comment of the game. First comment. Every, every, every show is a game, essentially. And Lux, we trust. Riding with him, that's from Gabriel Sandoval. Let's go after Burns. Hey, Ronald, I have been trying to manifest this for two, three years now. You guys know I'm the conductor of the trade for Corbin Burns' train. I'm wearing the hat, right? I'm all about Corbin Burns. I want to see him in LA, but uh, we got Justin says, Doug Gavin Lux is never going to be a star. Juan Soto is younger than him and is online to make $500 million. Yamamoto also younger than Lux and he's going to make $200 million. Okay. So let's continue to dive into some of these other topics and let's dive into some of the juicy stuff. So really the big rumor right now for the Dodgers is that LA is interested in potentially signing Blake Snell. MLB insider John Heyman, he was on MLB Network, and he talked about it, and he included the Dodgers along with some other teams as potential suitors for the two-time Cy Young Award winner. Right now, it looks like it's on the West Coast with his incumbent team. The Padres certainly had a 2-2-5 ERA, led the league, 234 strikeouts. Would have led the league, but Strider was kind of off the charts at 281 strikeouts. Uh, you know... Snell is obviously an outstanding, dominant pitcher. 
big left-hander. Right now, we're looking at the Padres, the Dodgers, who I just referenced, needing pitching. The Giants, they're, they're in on everything. I mean, they're really not happy with the fact that they've had two mediocre years in a row after that one great year a few years ago. Uh, they're going big. So I think the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, all in on him. Let's not count out the Phillies. They need to get a big pitcher. They certainly will get a big pitcher. They're talking to Aaron Nola first, but big gap right now with Nola. In spring training, there was a, up to a $100 million gap with Nola. So no guarantee he resigns with the Phillies. If he doesn't, Snell, obviously a candidate to go to Philadelphia. So you heard John Heyman right there mention the Dodgers as a team that could pursue Blake Snell. I've seen you guys in the comments. We got Eric Quanta's pass on Snell. That is a contract. I would put him in the late 30s. Yeah, he's going to turn 31 next month. Michael Creo says Blake Smell. You know how to finish him right there. Blake Smell. We got Agreed Boomer. We got Pass on Snell. Freeman drafted Snell. Hepatitis C later. Yeah, 2011. You can't ignore that connection. It's absolutely relevant. Uh, we got a super chat here. Massimo Buffon, $2. Appreciate you for that super chat. We got Doug. What is your thoughts on hater to LA? Look, I'm not a hater, but I don't want to see the Dodgers invest a ton of money and resources on a reliever. If you look at the volatility of that position, if you look at the Dodgers ability to find relievers every single year, last year, find Chris Martin. He was struggling with the Cubs. He's traded. He's one of the best relievers down the stretch. You jump to this season, Ryan Brazier. He was awful with the Red Sox. Then he finds his way on the Dodgers, had a .70 ERA down the stretch. He turned the Dodgers bullpen from one of the worst in franchise history to when the end of the year came around, they were one of the best and really the best in most categories. So for me, you can find bullpen pieces every single gear. A lot of them are one-hit wonders. Haters, someone that you look at the attitude issue he had, not wanting to pitch. If you look at his contract he's going to sign he will ultimately sign that's an easy prediction it's a lukewarm take right there hater will be the pitcher the relief pitch that signs the richest contract for any reliever in baseball history passing edwin diaz from last season so for me it's way down my list i think yeah having a lights out reliever absolutely helps you but if you look at the strength of this bullpen right now you still have a lot of big pieces you got a bruised dark Gratterall and Evan Phillips. There's a lot of talent in this bullpen. And I would just rather sign guys to shorter-term deals at that position right there. We got Snell can barely get out of the fifth inning. Hepatitis, see you later. Roy Estrada, hi, Dodger fam. Where have you been? We got why get rid of Lux. That's crazy talk from Dan Collins. Yeah, I'm with you on that. We got a fire Roberts. Of course, it wouldn't be a Dodgers dugout live without a fire Roberts take. Okay, so let's jump into this Blake Snell conversation because it was a big night for Snell. He won his second Cy Young Award. I don't know if you saw his speech. He was five minutes into the speech, and then Kevin Cash came and took him out. He didn't get to the sixth minute of that speech, okay? That's a fire Bruh. take. But, no, look, Blake Snell is someone who, on his best day, he's lights out. He's dominant. He brings that. The upside in the ceiling of Blake Snell is as high as any pitcher that's currently available. There's no denying that, but for me... I got some pros, I got some cons, and you can decide at the very end if you're Andrew Friedman in the Dodgers, if you're willing to sign him. Because if you look at the year he had last year, he was phenomenal. He had a 225 ERA and 32 starts. He just won his second Cy Young Award. He touched 99 on the gun. He had three secondary pitches. They generated a ton of swing and miss, dominate punch out ability, big strikeouts and big moments. There's no denying that. He also... Another thing I like about Blake Snell, 
is he switched up his pitch mix significantly last season. If you look at him versus right-handed pitchers, he threw less slider, he threw more change of more curveball. And if you look at his numbers against righties last year, they hit a 565 OPS. That was the best of his career. He also was healthy all year. He had a career high in starts with 32. He faced 742 batters. It was also a career high. So he wasn't great the entire year. Actually got off to a slow start. First nine starts wasn't great, but down the stretch, he was dominant. He was untouchable. Now, got three reasons why the Dodgers should sign Blake Snell. First reason, they need an ace-level pitcher that can shove in the postseason, and he's proven that he has the ability to do just that. Last season, a 31.5 strikeout rate. That was second in all of Major League Baseball behind Spencer Strider. Postseason for his career, a 333 ERA in 40 and two-thirds innings, 12 games, 10 starts. You saw how dominant he was against the Dodgers in game six of the 2020 World Series until Kevin Cash came out, took the ball from him. You saw the look on his face. That's when you knew the Tampa Bay Rays season was over. Austin Barnes, of course, got that big clutch base hit off of him. But still, he has shown the ability to shove in the postseason. And October baseball is a different sport. The variance level, the competition level, the pressure, it's just different. And you need a guy that can miss bats. He has that ability. If you're working in the zone, if you're pitching the contact, it can lead to bad stuff happening. Blake Snell can dominate hitters. He can shut down offenses. We've seen that. So this is the Dodgers team where the goal, the standard, is to win a World Series. Andrew Friedman said it right in this chair. He wants a parade. If you want a parade, you need pitchers that can perform on the biggest stage. Blake Snell, say what you want about his inability to go deep into a game. Say what you want about his inability to face lineups a third time around, right? But still, this guy can shove. Snell can shove. There's no denying that. Second reason why the Dodgers should sign him. He's refined his pitch mix. We talked about it earlier. I mean, against righties, a different approach. They hit 565 off of him. More curve, more change, less slider. And I think on top of that, it just feels like he's at a perfect stage of his career where he just knows the pitcher he is. He knows what it takes to be effective on the mound. There's no modifying that moving forward. It's just about staying healthy and going out there and executing pitches. So I think if you get this version of Blake Snell, you're getting the most mature version. A guy that's at a stage of his career where he's ready to settle down with the franchise and go and compete for World Series titles. Now, the third biggest reason is they need a lefty. They need a left-handed starting pitcher, right? Julio Urias, gone. Clayton Kershaw, most likely not going to pitch next season. Maybe he does. I pray to the baseball gods every night. You know, I'm a devout Christian, all that good stuff. But you can't bank on that. And on top of that, not a lot of left-handed pitchers available. You could get Imanaga. Imanaga is not a number one. He's probably not a number two. At the best, he's a high-level number three in your rotation. So Imanaga, I'd love to have him, but you can't expect him to be a number one or number two on a championship team, right? He's just not that. So it tells me the fact that they're in these rumors, the fact that they're showing interest in Blake Snell, that one, you got the Andrew Freeman connection from 2011 Two, maybe they say, since there's not a lot of lefties available, maybe he's our guy. And then you use the trade market to get your dominant writing. Maybe use the trade market to go out there and get a Corbin Burns, to go out there and pursue some of these other names that could be available. A Dylan Cease, a Tyler Glasdow, a Mitch Keller. That's definitely possible. So maybe they're going to get the lefty through free agency 
and get the righty through the trade market. You could also sign a Jordan Montgomery, who's a lefty, who's performed well in the postseason too. So that's another thing. Also, the Dodgers have seen Blake Snell frequently, not just in the postseason with Tampa Bay, but on the Padres for the last couple of years, and he's dominated against LA. He's pitched so well against this lineup, and this has been one of the best lineups in all of Major League Baseball in the regular season. They scored over 900 runs last year. They've seen with their own eyes what he's capable of against a potent lineup, and that has to be a plus. Now, what are the three reasons why they shouldn't sign Blake Snell? And these are ones that are more important to me. First and foremost, he walks a lot of hitters. Lots of free passes for Blake Snell. Last year, a 13.3% walk rate. That led all of Major League Baseball for qualified pitchers. For his career, a 10.9% walk rate. Of any Cy Young winner, that's when multiple Cy Youngs, the Cy Young, the highest walk rate. Okay, so many walks, my dog's starting to get jealous, okay? Blake Snell, his command of the zone is suspect at times, and really the debate is if that's something that works for him. That's something that's intentional because he works just outside of the zone. That's how he's able to get chased. That's part of his attack plan to get out hitters. And just to put that into context, a 13.3% walk rate last season. The big league average in 2023 was 8.6%. So, yes, the strikeout numbers are high. Yes, the ground ball rate at 44% is positive, and that helps in the run prevention department. But that's something that, in the course of a game, if he doesn't have his command early in a postseason series, he'll probably only give you three, four innings, right? That's why he hasn't been able to go deep into games because he lives on the edges and it works for him for the strikeouts, but also leads to walks at times. So one, walks a lot of hitters. Two, he had a very lucky season. Like I said, I'm all for luck. That's okay. As long as you don't use it to determine if you're going to hand out a contract. Remember, if you're going to sign someone, it's not about past performance. It's about future value. And you look at past performance, last season for Blake Snell, this is the luckiest season for any pitcher in the sport. He had a 256 batting average on balls in play. That was third in the major leagues. The league average is around 300. So just to kind of put that into context, if you don't, what, don't know what BABIP is, it's when the bat is on the ball and the ball's in play, hitters had a 256 average. That was low. You look at the strand rate. It was at 86.7%. That was extremely high. You look at his FIP. It was at 344. So FIP, without going too into the weeds on it, tells you, what the pitcher can control, right? And of those things that the pitcher can control, home runs, strikeouts, that sort of stuff, the ERA really should be around three. It should be at 344. And when there's a disparity from your ERA to your FIP from as high as is is from 225 to 344, that is a reg flag. You look at the Sierra, it was at 406. That's almost a full run up from the ERA on the FIP and almost double from the Sierra. So I'm telling you, these are things that they're going to look at when they're looking under the hood. But I will say for his career, if you're looking for a pitcher that has a three, four ERA, that's really what he is for the totality of his career. He has a 341 ERA, a 344 FIP. Those are his career numbers. That's a good pitcher. No matter how you slice it, no matter what you want to say about his walks, he is a really good pitcher. The question is, is he an elite pitcher is he a 225 guy that wants a 200 plus million dollar contract? Or is he someone that when really he comes down to earth is worth more around 125 to 130 million? 
I like him at 125 to 130 million. I don't like him at 200 plus million. And then the third reason he struggles to pitch deep into games. Like we talked about earlier, lack of command leads to this first Cy Young season back in 2018. He had 180 and two thirds innings pitched second Cy Young, 180 innings pitched. Those are the only two innings, only two years in his career where he pitched at least 180 innings. Every other season, he's pitched less than 130. One was the COVID year, but five of his seven full seasons, he's pitched less than 130. So, look, if you look at what teams are looking for in the last couple of seasons, they're more into the rate statistics than counting statistics. You look at what Carlos Rodon got from the Yankees, $162 million on six years. I mean, that's they got to be music to Blake Snell's ears because he has a better track record, a better injury history, and he's probably looking for a seven-year contract worth $200-plus million. I don't want to buy players and sign free agents when they're coming off elite platform seasons where they experience a lot of luck. That's my issue. Now, if you strike out on the other guys, I wouldn't be mad at a Blake Snell signing at the right price. I just don't love a Blake Snell signing. It's He's the lime green Lamborghini, right? You really want the lime green Lamborghini? It's fun to drive. It looks cool, but you really want to drive it for seven years. You're probably going to tire of that thing, right? I'm just not so sure he makes the most sense. For me, I'd rather try to swing big on a Yamamoto if I'm already operating north of 200 plus million dollars. But let me know down below. What are your thoughts on Blake Snell? Like I said, at the end of the day, don't love it. Would be fine with it at the right price. But for me, I'm hoping for a couple other starters to rebuild this rotation. But let's go down below in the comment section. Here you guys have to say yes on Snell. That's from Justin Lamas. Uh, does, it doesn't pass the Snell test for me at 200 plus million. I think there's a world where Blake Snell signs for 214 million. He's nasty. Like I said, on his best day, if he's hot for a duration of a postseason series, he's going to be a big impact pitcher. No doubt about it. And then it also remains to be seen, too. Think of Blake Snell's thought process. Look at in 2022, right? 111 win Dodgers team. Who was cruising in game three? It was Tyler Anderson. They still only let him go five innings. If your goal is to go deep into games for Blake Snell, is the Dodgers the best option for you? Or do you want to look elsewhere? Because they might tell you one thing. And then when you're in the game and they see how your velocity works and how your command goes down. Because the thing with Snell is his command goes down through the course of the snart. The stuff, it starts to get bad towards the end, towards the very end there. And that's really the concern. Can you really trust him the third time around the order? We got BC. Imagine if Philly kept Nola Wheeler, Suarez, and got Snell. BC, that's my, my gut instinct tells me that Philly ends up with Blake Snell. He feels like a Philly to me. I think they lose Nola. Nola probably signs with maybe the St. Louis Cardinals. Blake Snell, I see him in Philly. But don't, anything can happen. We got, I don't want Nola, F. Snell. We got Boomer Assassin. Scott Boris' agent is overpriced and overrated. Showtime fans. Yeah, there's that obstacle as well. You always have to consider that. But at some point, Scott Boris has so many elite players, you're going to have to make a deal with the devil at some point, right? You got to find a way to sign some of their players Venasco, greater than hater. That's from Random Hero. Yeah, Venasco, Venasty. Go look at Ricky Venasco. Go look at my friend, Mr. Uh, Dodgers Daily right there, Casey Porter. He keeps me filled in on Venasco. And go look at some of the highlights he posts. The guy is nasty. And look, there's a reason why the Dodgers signed him. 
There's no one random on the Dodgers. No one's wearing Dodger blue by mistake. You're on this team because you've identified something that says, okay, you can provide a lot of value. You have a lot of upside. You have a high ceiling. And look, you could also use that same logic when discussing Blake Snell, because if the Dodgers are interested in Blake Snell, maybe they think that they have something in their pitching lab as far as execution goes, as far as mechanics goes, as far as release point goes, that tells you that maybe they can reduce that walk rate and have him be even a more effective pitcher than he's been with the Padres and the Tampa Bay Rays. Save your money for Cy Young Yamamoto. Okay, cool. The only thing that will stop Lance Lynn from giving up another homer is a stint on the IL. Cole, yep, there's another home run for Lance Lynn. Agree, Craig, still not worth it. Alex, NL Cy Young not competitive this year. That's a hiked-up price. Tag Dodgers will not pay. Yeah, look, if you're using the Cy Young Award as a reason to sign a pitcher, that makes no sense. I mean, just ask R.A. Dickey, who won a Cy Young over Clayton Kershaw, because the man threw a damn knuckleball. It was one of the biggest travesties in Cy Young history, in my opinion. Willie Adamas would work at third base. Yeah, we discussed that. Does DMAC want Snell at the right price? Like I said, there's no hard and fast. There's no hard and fast. I just don't want him for 200 plus million dollars. I want him at a bargain rate or just a fair rate, not a bargain rate because you're not going to get that. You have to realize this. When you sign a player in free agency, what does that usually mean? It usually means that you offer that player more money than any team was willing to offer him right? In some cases, yes, you'll get a little bit of a hometown discount. Players will go to teams because they want to be in that market. Just look at Trey Turner last year, signing with the Phillies instead of signing with the Padres when the Padres offered him more money, right? Yes, that sometimes is the case, but there's very few exceptions. And when you sign a player, you're usually overpaying when you look at value. Now, you just don't overpay too much to get your guy. But uh, yeah, Boris just throwing out the big market teams for his client, Hepatitis, see you later. I think that's a fire take right there because that's always going to be the case, right? You're always going to see Dodgers in headlines. They're always linked to big talent. So I absolutely agree with that. We got Doug. Did you get my $5 super chat? I did. And I screenshot it. So I got you right here. This is from Massimo Buffon, $5. That's going right to the Otani fund. Doug question. Who are your thought? Who are the Dodgers top free agent targets and who out of all of them would you like to have in LA and why can LA afford Otani? Well, first things first, the Dodgers can afford Shohei Otani because you have an aggressive ownership group. You have a $8.25 billion TV deal. You have the second highest revenue in the sport behind the Yankees at almost 600 million. You lead the league in attendance. Money is not an issue. Andrew Friedman said it himself on the show that there's no limitations to the contract that they can offer a player. Now, as far as who I want on the Dodgers, stick with Shohei Otani. Like I said, I need Shohei Otani like I need oxygen. I need him in Dodger blue. The most coveted free agent in sports history not only helps this team at the plate, brings him another bat, the marketing possibilities, the opportunities that he provides. Also, he can help you as a pitcher the following season, so you can't discount that. Also think, though, Yamamoto makes a ton of sense. If the Dodgers truly feel, we're going to talk about Yamamoto in our next segment here. If the Dodgers truly feel like he's the guy that can stay healthy, that can front this rotation, that can get even better under their tutelage, I say Yamamoto is right up there. Also, I would throw Aaron Nola up there. Aaron Nola is proven in the postseason. You could probably get him around $130 to $150 million. 
He's someone that I would rather have than a Carlos Rodon or any of those type of pitchers because he's so durable. He posts. You can count on him. And I'm sick of watching this Dodgers rotation always end up on the IL. So many injuries. It's just been absolutely decimated by injuries in the last couple of seasons. Having someone like an Aaron Nola would definitely help that, hopefully. Of course, he puts on that Dodgers uniform. He'll probably go right to the IL after stubbing his toe or something like that. But, yeah, you got Nola. You got Otani. I mean, starting from the top, Otani, Yamamoto, then Nola, then Snell at the right price. I'm fine with Jordan Montgomery is right up there as well. But you need starting pitching. And then tomorrow, I'm actually going to drop the top 25 free agents with predictions. Might even throw 50 out there. Might go crazy, Jordan. So we might do that. So look for that tomorrow. And then I'm going to rank those Dodgers free agents as well. But thanks. Appreciate that. A super chat from Massimo. Now, coming up in our next segment, though, you got some more rumors on the way. There's some talk about the most coveted Japanese pitching free agent this offseason and his preference for the West Coast. And the Dodgers are rumored to be interested in signing him. That's coming up next. Yeah, Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live presented by the Dodgers Nation app. If you have not yet, be sure to download that Dodgers Nation app, the best Dodgers app in the game. Rumors, news, everything from the Dodgers Nation website. All of our videos, you're going to find it right on that app. So be sure to download it. Also, gearup.la, fire t-shirts, best Dodgers merch in the game. Head over to gearup.la. And like we said earlier, head over to DodgersNation.com for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, and all things Dodger baseball. Got some more super chats to get into Cole says Santa DMAC. All I want for Christmas is a Dodgers pitcher that can go past five innings. Yeah. If you want length out of your starters, Blake Snell, isn't that guy. And that's an issue that I have, especially when you consider the variance. He is the highest variance pitcher in baseball right now on his best day. He's lights out on his worst day. He can get Blake shelled and throw you out of a game, right? Another super chat here. This is from Seth Gribble, 499, going right to that Otani fund. Between you, me, and the chat, I didn't love Andrew's answer to Corey. He said he chose the Rangers, but I think if we match the offer, he'd choose us. Seth, I'd challenge you to go back and listen to it a couple more times. Friedman stuff, it's like AP chemistry, but you got to keep studying. You got to keep looking into it and reading the tea leaves and decoding that thing. I mean, it's like the Da Vinci Code, but for Andrew Freeman, you have to continue to rewatch. And what he said was that he didn't feel like there was the necessary back and forth. That tells me that they threw out an offer that was an aggressive offer, and then the Rangers they threw out an offer that he ultimately signed for three hundred twenty-five million, but the Dodgers never got a chance to match that offer or have any more conversations. Because look, you don't throw out your best and final for your first offer out there. That's just bad business right there. I'm assuming maybe the Dodgers were at 290 million, which was a rumored offer that they made. And 
Rangers at $325 million. The Dodgers had to come back and consider that 13 dollars state income tax. So it sounded to me like Corey Seager wanted to be a Ranger. And before everyone accuses the Dodgers of letting him walk, I think really the pressure and really it's the decision of Corey Seager that went to the Rangers that at the end of the day, that was his ultimate choice. And you have to respect it. They are free agents. Corey Seager didn't sign with the Dodgers. He was drafted by the Dodgers, right? When you're drafted by a team, you don't get to choose where you're going to play. You earn your free agency. Some players only get there once. So it's their decision. You have to respect it. We got Davis as one Yamamoto two trade for Burns or glass. Now. Yeah. feels like you've been watching the show for a couple months now because we've been beating that drum for a long time. Now Yamamoto over Chanel. I like that. That's a fire take. See what you did right there, Ronald, over on YouTube. Otani or Buzz, that's from Adam818. No Snell, that's from Gary Glenn. Snell gonna sleep more than pitch. That's from DMAC Jr. That's a burn to finish him right there. Snellzilla is not the Japanese monster we need. Get me Dylan C's. That's from Sage over there on YouTube. Hepatitis, see you later. I really hope the Giants sign Snell, LOL. I think the Giants are a possibility. The Giants have to spend big. I think Farhan Zaidi is gonna be... GMing for his job at some point, right? They have not been able to land any superstars in San Francisco. I think this is the offseason. They absolutely have to do it, whether it be a Matt Chapman reuniting with Bob Melvin, whether it be a Cody Bellinger, whether it be a Blake Snell, a Yamamoto. I think you're going to see them sign at least one contract for a player north of $200 million, possibly two. We got Yamamoto, the next you Darvish. I think he has a potential to be better than you Darvish, in my opinion. You got give Yamamoto the bag. Yeah, we got lots of takes on Yamamoto coming up next. He looks like a Mariner to me, Doug. That's from Johnny Owen. Yeah, the Mariners could be aggressive too. He's from Seattle. Makes a ton of sense. I would not rule that out. On your big game, Snell, no thank you. What about Otani and Yamamoto? That's from Juan Carlos. Snell, no ring in Tampa Bay. No ring in San Diego. No Snell, Johnny Owen. So let's dive into our next topic here. And that is on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So there are some rumors right now that the one, the Dodgers are interested in him Two, that he prefers the West coast. And that is absolutely a big sea change because you've seen the last couple of weeks that his preferences possibly the East coast, that a lot of the predictions had him signing with the Mets or the Yankees. Well, if the West coast teams are the priority for him, that leaves the Padres, the Giants, and the Dodgers. It's the big three. Mariners, maybe Snell. I don't think they're going to give that bag for Yamamoto. But it's going to be very interesting to see where he ultimately does sign. But during Andrew Friedman's interview here, he talked about Japanese pitchers. I asked him about when are they going to get back into that Japanese market. When you look at the heritage, the tradition here with the Dodgers, when will they bring one back into the rotation? And here's what Andrew Friedman had to say. Yeah, and if you look at this free agency class, you got Nola, you got a lot of great names, Montgomery, you got Snell. You also got two Japanese pitchers that are going to be made available to sign. You guys, deep history from Hideo Nomo, Hiroki Kuroda, so many great Japanese pitchers. Kenta Maeda to the deal. You signed great contract, a lot of great incentives there. When is it going to be time to really step back into that Japanese market, and how much of a priority is that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, there are some really talented pitchers over there, two that are coming out, but way more that are over there that over time will. Um, I went over there twice this year, um, and it's incredible how well they are developing starting pitching over there. And I'm sure there are things that we can learn um, from what they're doing. But 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have a rich history um, and tradition with Japanese pitchers and certainly has a lot of appeal and value to us, not just this offseason, just going forward. That was Andrew Freeman. By the way, if you have not seen that interview, we got it up on YouTube. Be sure to watch it, give it a like, give it a comment, let us know your thoughts on Andrew Freeman's answers, what you thought about him being here at Dodgers Nation. I want to thank him again. We really appreciate the president of Dodgers, the, the Dodgers president of baseball operations, joining us here at Dodgers Nation. But here we got some more comments here. Kind of went out on me for a second, but we got Walter Champ, 999. Really appreciate that. Super chat. Snellzilla is not the Japanese monster we need. Bring on Yamamoto. And then Napoleon Kaufman over on YouTube, $5. Appreciate that, Super Chat. Hey, DMAC, if the Dodgers signed Chapman, would they trade Muncie Dodgers for life? I think if they're in a position to sign Chapman, that would probably tell me that they missed out on Otani. So if that would be the case, I think Muncie would go right to the DH spot and then you'd use him as a designated hitter. But a couple more here. We'll dive into the Yamamoto talk. Just call him Smell. We got Dave S., Venasco will make a salary of 900K in 2024 per J.P. Hornstra of the Southern California News Group. So that's a nice little bag for Venasco. Got to respect that. So I like that. Thank you for the update there. Shout out to J.P. Hornstra, who's on this show a couple weeks ago. But I think I'm starting to really get excited about the possibility of Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Because Yamamoto is someone that, like I said, he's elite. He's someone that has the potential to be a star. And the only question is, would the Dodgers get into serious talks with him? Because Yamamoto is someone that's going to sign a massive deal. And per John Morosi, he tweeted out that the Dodgers are among the most interested teams in Yoshinobu Yamamoto. That's definitely very, very telling. One of the most interested teams. Because if the Dodgers are interested in one of the most interested no team can offer more money than the Dodgers. No, no team can offer a franchise that is as appealing to a Japanese superstar as the Dodgers. So I find that very, very interesting. And it makes you wonder, what are the chances like with Otani? Because are you going to sign almost a billion dollars in contracts this offseason? That, to me, if any organization can do it, the Dodgers are absolutely one of them. But this tells me that prefers the West Coast, likes the Dodgers, they're absolutely in the mix. Now, what are the three reasons why the Dodgers should sign Yamamoto? Well, reason number one, he's elite. He's fantastic. He's been consistently one of the great pitchers in Japan for years now for the Oryx Buffaloes. He's like playing Madden on rookie mode over there. He's just a cheat code in Japan. Look at his numbers. A 121 ERA last season. That was his third straight season with an ERA below two. He won his third straight pitching triple crown after leading the league in wins, strikeouts, and ERA. He also tossed a no-no for the second consecutive season. I don't know about you, but I want another no-hitter in my life for the Dodgers. We haven't had one since the team no-hitter in 2018, right? Maybe he could pitch a no-hitter for LA. That'd be massive. Second, elite stuff. Elite stuff that's going to translate to the show. Laser-like fastball command, a nasty splitter that falls off the table. His movement profiles, anywhere you slice it, he's elite when it comes to stuff. 
He walked just 28 batters across 164 innings in 2023. He's got a mid-90s fastball, averages 95, but he can go all the way up to 99. So you got a lot of range there with that fastball velocity. You look at the strikeout rate at 26.6%, a 4.4 walk rate. Those are sterling numbers, a 53% walk rate, a microscopic 1% home run to fly ball rate. He has a career 174 FIP. This guy has dominated in the NPB, the second best league on the planet. He's been the best pitcher. And then three... He's a big game pitcher that's available at 25. So I don't know if you saw this. He had a 14 strikeout complete game in the Japan series. What are we looking for? One of the big boxes we're trying to check off is we need dogs in the postseason. We need guys that can step up when the lights are brightest. He's shown that ability, right? In his walk year with Buffalo, he produced two more war than the next best NPB pitcher. Who was that? That was Roki Sasaki, right? So literally two more war than the next best pitcher. That is so dominant. That's someone that is a phenom, right? And then you look at the fact that he's only 25 years old. This is the biggest reason for me. The third biggest reason, of course, big game pitcher, 25. You're getting a big game Japanese pitcher at 25. That does not happen often. Typically, you're going to have access to players like this and pitchers like this from Japan when they're 28, 29 years old, 30 years old. You are getting him at the peak of his powers in the prime of his career. And for an organization like the Dodgers that wants to get value out of players, they only spend big when they can get you for your best years. Mookie Betts, they gave me $365 million contract. They signed that when Mookie was only 27. Even if you look at Freddie Freeman's contract, it was a six-year deal. And he was 32. The AAV of 27 million. If Freddie Freeman is 27, that's a contract of $250 million, something in that range, right? So from a value perspective, you're not having to overpay. You're hopefully going to get value out of that. Whereas you compare that to Blake Snell, Blake Snell, you're having to buy when the value is at a low because you're paying for someone that's having their best season. He's entering his contract year in a year where had he had a mediocre season, had he had an average Blake Snell season, he would have probably signed for 125 million, something in that range, right? Blake Snell is about to turn 31. Yamamoto is 25. Now, what are the three reasons why they shouldn't sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto? Really? There's not many. And this is just to throw it out there to give you the other side of the coin here, offer you some different perspective here because I'm in on Yamamoto. But one is he's never thrown one inning in the show. The truth is, no matter how dominant he's been, we don't know if he can handle Major League Baseball. Now, for the most part, when it comes to strikeout rates and home run rates, you see those numbers start to stabilize when they get to the show. But until he actually pitches and shows he's dominant at this level, it's an unknown. To me, it's not a big reason why. I'm just letting you know if I'm playing devil as advocate here, right? Two, size. 5'10", not the prototypical size for an ace-level pitcher, but I remember back in the day, the 90s, there was a pitcher on the Dodgers who wasn't tall, was around 5'10", who was frail. Tommy Lasorda thought he was going to get injured, so he wanted to trade him. They trade him for Delano de Shields. Who was that guy? I forgot his name. That's right, Pedro Martinez, the best pitcher of his generation, okay? Tell me how 5'10 worked out for Pedro Martinez. Probably my favorite non-Dodger through his prime player ever, okay? So how did that work out for Pedro? So 
There's that. I think for me, it's not the size of Yamamoto that's a concern. It's the fact that he throws that splitter that just absolutely disappears. That fork ball, that takes its toll on your arm. How will that show up on the medicals? Then three, big risk financially. Because of his age, because of the fact that he's available at 25, you're probably going to offer him eight years, nine years. Think about this. With Yoshinobu Yamamoto having never pitched in the show, he could tie Garrett Cole's nine-year deal. How insane is that? Just think about the kind of money that would require. You're probably looking at 225 to 250 million, something in that range, possibly more, depending on the bidding war between the Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Giants, teams like that. If all the major markets, think about the markets that are involved, all the heavyweights, Boston Red Sox could get involved as well, right? So you look at the markets that are available. That to me is the big risk. And also, just to add to that, this team is hell bent on winning next season. There's no doubt about it that this team needs to get back to the World Series. Not the NLCS. NLCS means nothing in L.A. Playoff appearances mean nothing in L.A. Division titles mean nothing in L.A. You have to win the whole damn thing. And if you want to push all those chips in, if you want to spend big, is it really the most sensible move to use all that capital on someone that's never pitched in the show that could potentially have some medical issues. When you look under the hood, we look at that arm. J.P. Hornster was on this show, and he mentioned that as well. So that, to me, is the million-dollar question with Yamamoto, is can you trust that in year one, year one, he has what it takes in his ticker, in his arm, his overall mindset, his demeanor, is it in him to be a strong number two or possibly an ace on a team that has World Series aspirations? I'm not so sure I have the answer of that to that right now, right? I know he's great. I know he has the potential to be great. But would you be better off going with someone that's more trusted and cheaper like a Nola, like a Montgomery? Even a Blake Snell is going to be cheaper than a Yamamoto. And then you get your power right-handed pitcher or another ace via the trade market. I think that's something that I struggle with when it comes to Yamamoto. I want a Japanese star pitcher. Yamamoto is an absolute dog. He's elite in the MPB, but will he be elite in MLB in year one? That's the big question I have. At the end of the day, in my heart of hearts, I think they're going to get Otani, and I think they're going to trade for a starting pitcher. Will they get another big free agent pitcher? That would be literally the most in, in, epic offseason in baseball history to sign Otani and Yamamoto and trade for a starter. I mean, that would be insane. Can they do it? They absolutely can. Will they do it? That remains to be seen. But let me know down below in the comments section on a scale of 1 to 10, how all in are you on Yoshinobu Yamamoto? We got bring back Almedo Science Killer. Oh, man. I, I missed that. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. DMAC, bring back Bigford. That's from Jay Via. Alex, he is elite and he is young and he will get prime years with the Dodgers. Yeah, I agree. That is really the big selling point for me is you get the unique opportunity to, yes, you're paying big for sure, but you're also getting the best out of a player potential. Yamamoto's 5'10 and throws 99. Sorry, but that sounds like a problem. Gabe, yeah, look, you can't deny it. You talk about the power there. I brought up Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez did not rely on a 99-mile-per-hour fastball. But Yamamoto, he's someone that can absolutely change things up. He has secondary pitches. For me, it's the laser-like command. His command is pristine. 
That pristine command is going to play up in the show. What's up, DMAC? Any updates on Kike Hernandez getting extension yet? No updates as of right now. It'll be interesting to see what Kike Hernandez does in free agency. It'll be interesting to see if the Dodgers are interested in bringing him back. I know a couple of days ago he was on foul territory and he had a pretty interesting quote. He said, I'm definitely more open than I was in 2020. In 2020, it was for sure no. So <laughs> that's Kike Hernandez is always very candid with his answers. My read on that is he's saying that in 2020, he wanted more of an everyday role, which he had the opportunity to have with the Boston Red Sox. I think that's saying that he's willing to take a bench role with the Dodgers. So I don't think that hurts LA's chances. Like I said, a few days after the season ended, I like Kike back on a two-year, $10 million deal. I think when you look at the fact that he's a round average bat that has defensive versatility, you add the intangibles, you add the banana suit, you add the dancing, the dancing's big for me. So I would absolutely like to see Kike Hernandez back. But couple more here, by the way, just want to mention, we'll look out for the non-tenders. We're at the non-tender deadline. And who are some non-tender candidates? I'll throw these out here really quick here. We talked about Ryan Yarbrough as a non-tender candidate. He was non-tendered by the, by the Rays, picked up by the Royals, could certainly be non-tendered once again and brought be brought back. That's always a possibility. Then how about Yancy Almonte? Yancy Almonte is someone who I would play close attention to. Could they non-tender Yancy Almonte? I think that's possible. But would they, should they do it? I'm not so sure, but I would look out for Yancy Almonte as well. Let me know down below in the comment section. Would you guys want Yancy Almonte back? I think they will. It was really good in his first year after they essentially fixed him. Last year, he definitely struggled during certain stretches. But uh, we'll cover that on tomorrow's episode, all the non-tender news. But let me know down below in the comment section. Do you want Blake Snell? Do you want Yoshinobu Yamamoto? What is your offseason plan for the Dodgers pitching? What are your thoughts on Andrew Friedman's comments on Corey Seager? That was really just the topic that started on this show. Thanks to you guys. So appreciate that. But uh, we'll do some more comments here. And then we will jump out. We got DMAC, bring back Bigford. Okay, I'm not going to read that next one. You rock right back at you, Sergio Mahas. Give you a fire take right there. I'm down with Sani Yamamoto. That's from Clayton Lockhart. Roki Sasaki, 64205. Exactly a little more prototypical. What up, Jake? I'm definitely not reading that one. We got a couple more here. A 10 for Alex. This is the scale one to 10. How badly went Yamamoto? Dino says 10. Eric says 10. Jake says six. Alex says 10. Craig says eight. Joel says 9.69, baby. You're getting a bro for that one. Uh, Clayton says 10. Sergio says seven. A solid six from Johnny. Diane says six. Yamamoto greater than signs cinder garbage. So why not? That's a fire take from Clayton. We got Yamamoto greater than sign Burns. That's from B920. <laughs> Thanks, Cobra Commander. Appreciate that. Whole Japanese team. We got $5 from Hojo over here. It says, tell, tell him DMAC, NLCS means nothing. Kobe, Fernando, Bulldog, and Gibby Energy, or go home. Mr. Freeman, we are passionate, and we want that parade. There we go, guys. Parades oh, over prospects. That's a fire take from Hojo over on YouTube. couple more here, guys. Give me those fire takes. Any super... Lava scalding hot take you got. Drop it right now. Hey, DMAC, big fan. Hey, Metabog Revolution, big fan of yours as well. Devario Moon, eight, a seven for Chris. J Bell, what was with you? (laughs) 
that's a uh, I'll, maybe we'll answer that on a deep cut another episode. We need five to seven passionate players to win. That's from Pro Doug. But that's gonna do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCain. Friends call me DMac. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMac underscore LA. If you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. Head over to DodgersNation.com for our latest Dodgers news and rumors. You're going to find it right over there. Head over to GearUp.LA for the best gear. Download the Dodgers Nation app. And remember, nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball. Actually, I have one more super chat, $5. We need this Otani fund to get as high as it possibly can. Do you think they regret trading Alvarez as much as the Pedro trade? I could spend a whole episode on that. In short, I would say the Pedro trade is more regrettable because they knew the potential that Pedro Martinez had. They had seen him actually pitch for them. Alvarez never pitched or played a game for the Dodgers. He never played, right? So that's a little more understandable. Maybe after free agency, I'll do a whole show on that one. But to answer your question, absolutely Pedro Martinez because Alvarez, great player. Pedro Martinez, Hall of Famer. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.